Hey, hello everybody. Yes, it's Thursday. It is nine. So it's UK Cowboys time. And before I get into it all, it is of course, Paul, the season four finale. That's it. A uh, season three finale. When it's season ahead there. So that's it. So yep. uh, next week should be exciting. Um, but joining us because it's a special occasion. Why would we do this without somebody who we love, the great and powerful <laughs> Cal Yeomans? Woohoo! What's happening? I don't. I don't know if I've ever been called that in e any aspect of life, regardless of what it may be. Uh, so I appreciate that, Mike. Thanks for having me on, Paul. Great to see you as well. I see. I'm the only one without a 2022 draft cap on. I probably should have dropped <laughs> on the air, but. Uh, now that's okay. I'll just be a little left out this time around. Yeah, yeah. We never plan the attire. It just sort of happens. Everyone logs in, and it's all like it's like we always say that this show is kind of like a duck on the pond. That uh -huh. everybody's like, oh yeah, look at it. It's coordinated. It's like no, underneath before things happen, it's just chaos. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the thing. People who watch these shows, and I was like this all the way through, and I still am like this to a certain extent, but. They don't understand like the the chaos and the, the hectic <laughs> moments right before you go on air or like as you're on air, like what's happening. Somebody like I'll be watching a, a, a broadcast and somebody with me will be like, man, that that guy just can't speak today. And it's like, yeah, it's probably because there's 400 people talking in his ear at one time or maybe his mic went out and he thought it went out or like stuff like that. Things happen like crazy. In, in this business. So I, I believe you, man. I believe that, that there's some hectic side of it as well. <laughs> it's literally happened where, you know, like the intro that we've got and, you know, your, your face pops up on there. Um, yeah. that we're, like it's been on that point and we're just like, the whole thing has collapsed and there's like nobody there. And we're like, what are we going to do? And then literally just as it's at the last four seconds, everybody's there. And we're like, huh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. everybody. We, we, we've got such a great crew here. Chris Beam is actually in the other room he's yeah. probably hearing every word that i say here uh and and he on our shows i mean the amount of times that he's gotten like on these headsets these these headphones because i'm in our podcast studio the amount of times he's gotten on here and just been like kyle go 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 stop talking shut up like just do it like the show's happening like i i guarantee it's more times than i could count <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we got like the private chat that we use and the stuff that pops up there. It's just like, oh my god! But yeah, it is. Um, it is. By the way, because um, we got you on for two reasons. One, mm -hmm. we're going to talk just about the safety position. So, um, the safety players that are on the roster, which finishes the positional breakdown series that we're doing. Um, and also, it's the final episode of season three. So we have to get somebody on. And who better than the MVP of Dallas Cowboys Media? Oh, stop. You can't call me that. There's <laughs> way too many cool people here other than other than me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, though. That's the thing is, like, we're looking up and, and yesterday made it a month until the until the regular season or not the regular season until the preseason starts on yeah. on. Uh, August 13th. So, I mean, the fact that we're less than a month away now from our first game, uh, whether it be preseason or not, we're less than 60 days away from the opener against mm -hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, I mean, it's coming. It, it's happening. We leave for Oxnard here in, in about two weeks or just under two weeks. So uh, the the camp is coming. And, yeah, it's it's time to get get ready. You're wrapping up your season, which means we're just about to get set to go again, right? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. We are on Isaac Alarcon days before. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike's been working hard on the social media aspect of sites. <laughs> like he's been looking up all different players of all the number jerseys, like yep. as a as a countdown and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's been keeping himself very busy. So he has. It, it can be quite tricky to find pictures of undrafted free agents in a Cowboys jersey. Yep. Not easy. <laughs> no, Not no. easy. No. Not at all. Uh, and sometimes you just get like a, a, a side shot or a back shot and you're like, that's what I'm using. <laughs> <laughs> there, we're doing a countdown on, on the website where we I've go seen through yours, every yeah. – we go through every picture or every jersey number of the past, and we get the all-time grade at each jersey Past number. It. And it's crazy! It's crazy how many jersey numbers like just don't have great names to yeah. them. We got to put some guys. We got to put some guys in different spots and and let them kind of take over. But I mean, there's one that we had recently. Yeah, 57 is one that I wrote, and you really don't have a great 57 in your Cowboys uniform, and. Yeah, we're, there's one we're going to have, and this is just looking ahead. There's one we're going to have where, like, Jason Witten wore number 49 in a practice one time, and he'll be on the like, uh, and then you And then you could use him at number 17 as well. So Yeah, exactly, double. exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, see, this is a big question I've actually got this. Asked about uh, regards to, like, numbers that have little history. Do you think it may be actually very, like, um, for players that are coming into the Cowboys squad, it's like, you know what, I'm gonna pick that number because I want to leave a legacy for that number. Yeah. I mean, I, I could like having that specific number with very little history at all, you can rewrite history with that team. I mean, if I was me, I would love to kind of like put my stamp in the team, like, yeah, stand out, you know. I tell you, when I was going through it, I tell you a tricky one to find, which is I don't know why, which is ironic, was I think it was either 68 or 69. <laughs> I was just like this, and literally the best player. If you look look for a number, was Brandon Knight. And you're just yep. like, uh. yep, that was like, that was one of the articles I wrote. That was my other yeah. example. I was thinking of was Brandon yeah. Knight was the best Is of this, the best. Was it sixty nine? Was it sixty nine? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was. I was just like, wow, this is really tricky to find. Yeah, sure, it was, surely it was. one of the guys. Surely one of the guys in the Great Wall of Dallas had like uh, sixty eight or six. Uh, really? No, wow. there was a back. There was a backup player. So I had I had George Hegeman as sixty nine, yeah, and then Henry Melton was the best in the past. Yeah. The Henry Melton, mm. and that yeah. was the one I think we used on ours because I was just like, there we go, yep, because he was a super, he's got a Super Bowl ring, but as a backup, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, but what, what number was Doug Free again? Doug Free was sixty eight, was he not? No, I talked to. Uh, what was Doug Free? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, he was not- 68. But yeah, I, I was saying 69 was that number. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't write the 68 article. <laughs> but we're, we're not talking about the 68s. We're on to the safeties. But we will do the news and updates because there's been a bit of news uh, while we've been uh, waiting. So first of all, we will hit on our news and updates. The first news, which uh, we wrote an article ourselves, ironically, about this, about about three weeks ago, about how Dalton Schultz isn't looking to sign a long-term deal. It was in, it was out, he was away from the team, then he came back for OTAs, and it's all up in the air. The deadline hits tomorrow, Um, Mm. but the news from what we're hearing, Kyle, I don't know if you can fill the gap, is that they're not looking at at this stage for that to be completed. He's going to be playing on the franchise tag. 
Yeah, it really looks like the numbers just aren't going to line up for for both parties. I think Dalton Schultz wants to be a Cowboy long term. I think yeah. his his whole standpoint is he wants a long term deal, whereas Dallas is the one that's really the 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 team that's a little bit hesitant to to make that deal specifically just because of the tight end position and and because yeah. of uh, the really if, unless you are one of those upper echelon tight ends. Uh, just how much or just how valuable you are is still out uh, out to dry to a certain extent because Dalton Schultz has had two great seasons in a row. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but at the same time, it's not like it's been anything that's special that that yeah. Travis Kelsey's or the, the the George Kittles or the Zach Ertz of the world are putting together. He's not up into that upper echelon of the tight end room just yet. But that's so. Where would you rank him then? For. What was that? Where would you rank him then? You personally. I don't think he's too far off of that. I, I would still say he's a top 10 tight end in the league at this moment, yeah. but okay. uh, he's not going to be a game changer. Travis Kelsey yeah. or George Kittle, they can win you a game by going 150, 200 yards. Dalton yeah. Schultz hasn't had a 100-yard game so far in his career. I mean, he is That's a true. he is a drop down. He is a, a safety blanket of a player, which still has value yeah. in its own right. Don't get me wrong. He still has value because he has 80-plus receptions. He has... 800 plus yards only two tight ends in cowboys history have had those numbers and that's jason witten and yeah. dalton schultz so he has value but he doesn't have the, the league-wide value that a lot of these other tight ends that have made a name for themselves recently at least have brought to the table to this point now he could prove everybody wrong he could go out this year and have 1500 yards receiving and blow up into a top three or top four wide or tight end in the league but to this point, that just doesn't seem likely. And I think the Cowboys are looking at that as we've got other spots on the roster that are taking up this bigger slice of the pie, as Stephen yeah. Jones likes to say it. Yeah. And tight end isn't necessarily a, a part where we want to keep a big piece, big chunk of the salary cap uh, at bay for quite some time. So I think they're totally fine putting him on the franchise tag for a year, seeing if he can continue to replicate his success, and then they'll continue to try and look for a long-term deal. Yeah, yeah, just to, just to add on top of that, like, yeah. I see when you're talking, like, so the uh, like the rankings of the players and that, like, I would kind of put them into groups. You've got your top tier, then mm -hmm. you've got your like the the best of the rest type of well, yeah. Like, like I would say, shows is like the top of that second, just mm -hmm. like sh like from the top group, like the top group. You like you're saying there's your kittles, your Kelseys, and your Ertz. Then you've got the next group. I would say like out there, you've got a. Schultz is probably right up there amongst the best of that group, for sure. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at – yeah, you you mentioned it. Kelsey, Kittle, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews. Oh, Kyle, uh, yeah. Mark Andrews. Yeah, yeah. 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 Dallas Goddard. Those are probably your upper yeah. echelon, your elite tight yes. end. But then yeah. you've got these guys that aren't necessarily proven, but they're still productive, like a TJ yeah. Hawkinson, a Hunter Henry, uh, a, mm -hmm. a Dawson Knox, a Pat Fryermuth. Mike Gusecki, like Dalton Kyle Pitts, top of that list, yeah. I think. David Njoku, who's not really a great receiving tight end, but he's a great blocker and he's he oh, yeah. provides for the run game. Dalton Schultz doesn't do that. He's he, or at least not to the extent of a David Njoku. And he even he even had some money put on the table for him by Cleveland this past year as well. And I think that's where Dalton <laughs> yeah, kind of looks at it from a from a. Um, a leverage standpoint saying I want Njoku type of money because my numbers are better. Well, Njoku's a better blocker than Dalton Schultz is ultimately. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was just one of the points I was about to make. It seems to be David and Joko has been the whole talking point of but why Dalton Schultz has not signed a new contract essentially because mm. he's looking to see where his value is. And yeah, I mean, if I was Schultz, I'd be in the same situation. Like it's like okay, like you're you're basically kind of using your stats to say, okay, well, I've done more for the team contribution wise, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Like even though Joko, like you said, is a much better block for the run game than that, and clearly, and he's really good at it. But yeah. people will kind of see more what production they do, like catches, yards, touchdowns, etc. That that's what they, it seems to be, be more stand out for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it moves the needle. That's what gets people paid. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's all about it's all about the run blocking. And and same could be said what happened years ago when it came to Ezekiel Elliott's contract when Tar Gurley yeah. signed his because he mm. caused if it wasn't for Tar Gurley, Zeke would have not got that massive like contract that he got because he sees himself it's like well okay I am pro- given more production than Tar Gurley I feel as though I'm more valued more than that I deserve mm. this so it's yeah. kind of mm. it's like players are compare it's all day to day comparison. Yep. All every day, all year round. Well, it's, it's it's come back to bite the Cowboys on a couple of occasions, just based on the fact of the market continuing to grow for yeah. the specific position group. I mean, look at where the Cowboys could have been if they would have signed Dak Prescott a couple of years prior. I mean, his six year or whatever it was the four years, hundred and sixty million dollar deal wouldn't have been as steep. The five year, ninety million dollar deal for Zeke wouldn't have been as steep if steep if they would have paid him. Uh, an offseason beforehand, this is one of those occasions where they kick the can down the road and it's either going to work out for them. Dalton Schultz is going to be another productive player, but he won't take that next step. But imagine if Dalton Schultz takes that next step, he is considered as an elite tight end. You're going to have just as much trouble bringing him back, bringing him and making him a part of the team and signing him long-term next year because he's going to have the leverage. He's going to have the the market playing in his mm-hmm. factor. And then you're going to, Instead of looking at putting him in on an $11 million deal, you're looking at him for a $15, $16, $17 million deal a year instead. I mean, that's what's scary about this whole situation is you don't want it to come back to bite you, but you also want him to play well. So it's (laughs) a double-edged sword. You want him to be worth that, but you just can't necessarily uh, see that happening if they don't get a long-term deal heading into this deadline tomorrow. It does generally feel like it's nearly a lose-lose situation by end of next season, regardless, like yeah. do we overpay if he plays well, or do we miss out on a tight end? Yeah, like it's like, and Lawrence disappeared unfortunately. He's, had, um, he's having connection issues, I suppose. Ah, as it, but but yeah, so it's just, it's like you said, it's a double-edged sword. It's like you, you do so well, then you have to over overcompensate, but if you don't, then obviously we're going to be missing out in that safety blanket. So yep. it's like. Uh, and we've and it's happened to us so many times, like Byron Jones and our example. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Like yeah, I mean, you can can can't even recall how many players over the past ten seasons. Like you could really think of what players we regrettably let go and have actually done well for themselves after that. 
So Amari Cooper, I can see that happening. Oh man. God, no! I don't even. Want <laughs> I thought we were talking safeties. Don't bring it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, still, we're, still, we're still technically in the news and updates right now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's the yeah, thing yeah. too is, I mean, even yeah. with Amari specifically, like the jury's still out on that. He could go and lay an egg in Cleveland. Who knows? Yeah, like, yeah. But, uh, just knowing what we know about Amari Cooper and mm. what he is from a, a player standpoint and where he is in his career. I don't see that happening. I see him having a good year in Cleveland, no matter who is the quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, I think yeah, if, 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 if it's going to be Jacoby Brissett, then yeah. I think he'll do well with him. I think he will. Yeah. yeah. Even when you go back to his Alabama days, I mean, that's when I loved him. I, I, I've got two jerseys of Amari Cooper, so that says it all. But um, in other news and updates, we've also had an addition, and we'll talk about the, the loss as well. Malik Jefferson from Texas Longhorns is joining the team. So he's been a bit of a journeyman, um, Mr. Suitcase, that's for sure. 35 games he's played since 2018. Um, what are you thinking, Kyle? There's more of a, a roster fill for the linebacker position and maybe special teams? You know, I don't think it is. I think this is a, okay. a low-risk, high-reward sort of deal for a position that you knew lapped uh, depth totally. I mean, you go into yeah. the season with your healthy linebackers being Mike Parsons, <laughs> Clayton Van Der Esch, and Luke Gifford as returners. Yeah, you've got a couple rookies kind of sprinkled throughout. You've got a couple young guys you're hoping Jabril Cox can get back into the fold as a second-year guy too. But, there, the, I mean, that the hope – or at least the 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 plan around that linebacker spot has been hope that these guys stay healthy and that they can all contribute. There has yeah. not really been anybody concrete coming into that linebacker room. This is a low-risk signing, I think, for the Cowboys. This is, uh, in, in terms of Malik Jefferson, guy who played at Mesquite Poteet High School, not too far from where the Cowboys are located here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So uh, he played his high school football within reach and, and it is coming back to his hometown where he had a lot of success home state where he had a lot of success. Like you mentioned, played his college ball at the university of Texas was an all big 12 player throughout his time down in Austin uh, and then was taken in the third round, but his journeyman career does provide some red flags. He's had injuries. Yeah. Uh, he's been on six different teams, five teams, but six teams mm -hmm. changed because he went to the chargers and then he left and went to the Titans and then he went back to the chargers. And all of that happening over the course of six years, and or, and he got drafted in 2018. Like I mean, or five years. 2018 was when he got drafted. So the fact that he's got uh, all of these teams and all of these journeyman uh, experiences already makes things a little bit concerning on whether or not he can stick with your roster. But if he doesn't, then it's not necessarily a huge loss. You sign him on, see what he can do, uh, and then he can work from there. So. Uh, I, I like the signing, and you mentioned that there was a loss. They had to cut uh, Jaquan Hardy Jason running back. Hardy, yeah, yeah second-year man out of Tiffin in order to make the roster spot and get it back down to 90 pr prior to going to camp. But I don't think this is all they're going to do from a linebacker spot. I would anticipate they, they evaluate him, they see what's happening, and then they may even add an, uh, another name into that group before they get to Oxnard or even while they are in Oxnard. Yeah, because I, I tend to feel the, the Cowboys linebacker core, even though you've got Parsons, Cox, and L, LVE, yeah. it's still probably numbers-wise the, the shallowest about the whole mm -hmm. groups in that defense. Mm -hmm. Like you've got, We've got plenty of defensive ends, plenty of defensive tackles, yep. plenty of corners, plenty of safeties, which I never thought I would ever say in, uh, <laughs> in the past couple of years. But, but it seems to be now the linebacker core seems to be like the, the lowest number. 
but we're starting yeah. to kind of meet in that trend. But if there's one person that can actually make Diamond in the Rough's spark, uh, kick come out and ball out, is Dan Quinn. So, yep. so yeah, I, I, I have every faith on that. And we saw that last season with uh, some players that came into the fold, like because he had some good games. He was a really small, uh, like small contract. Then there was the Jalen Kearse as well. Like mm-hmm. people, we ju- we just kind of like. Uh, we kind of originally kind of thought this guy would just be more of a roster filler, but not ended up being a massive contribution towards the team. So, yeah. I, so I'm now paying attention to any player that we do pay, bring in because it seems to be like the ones that look so low on the radar are the ones that are going to surprise you the most now. Yeah. And you've got a great point in in that regard specifically. Is is I don't want to put that kind of expectation on Malik Jefferson just be, based off the fact yeah. that he has struggled so much with so many different NFL organizations. But not only did they do that with Jaron Curse last year, where he was a special teams guy, had bounced between Minnesota and Detroit, and then yeah. he ended up in Dallas, and now all of a sudden he's a, a top tight end, or a top safety that if he does have another great season could potentially be a Pro Bowler. If he does the same thing he did last mm-hmm. year. He may even be in the conversation as a pro bowler. I, I would also throw Joe Witt Jr. into that conversation on the defensive side of the ball, too, as yep. somebody who makes an impact from a linebacker standpoint. Because, yeah, Dan Quinn, certainly, if he gets his his hands on these defensive guys, they're going to make an impact at some point, whether it be special teams, preseason, doesn't matter. He's going to have them playing at a high level. But it's Joe Witt Jr. too that kind of helps elevate those guys into roles where they feel comfortable and they can really succeed. And especially when you really your third line of linebackers, you only played a couple three down or three linebacker sets last year. Most of the time you were in the nickel, you were playing two linebackers, you weren't really utilizing that a ton. Uh, but when when you do have to to get into the depth of your linebacker, it's Story Jackson, it's Devin Harper, it's uh, I mean, Aaron Hansford. I mean, it's these guys that are extremely unproven. Let's yeah. give this Malik Jefferson an opportunity to see if he could be uh, a solidified veteran on the back end of that depth chart that can provide some meaningful snaps and maybe, of course, on special teams as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a day two pick. So, you know, you should expect some talent from him. And as, as you said, Kyle, you know, it it all depends on the scheme that you go to. You've got to you've got to find that right fit. You know, you can have yeah. guys that come out top top ten, and they just go to the wrong scheme, and they're asked to do something completely wrong or completely alien to them, and they just can't adapt to the league. Um, so something like you know Quinn and Flett, as you say, will probably bring them up. Um, should should get them in positions that help a use their strengths, minimize their weaknesses, and then, um, you know, gives gives us as, as much playing time as possible. And you're not investing the same amount of money you would be with a guy like Anthony Barr, who ultimately you might end up actually having to cut for the first week so that you don't have to pay the full season uh, of his vested salary. Yeah. And uh, just to continue on as well, mind, with the linebacker position, because we'll get your take on this, Kyle, since um, we haven't got it. We wrote as well a little piece on uh, this particular player. is Christian Sam from the USFL. So they really hit hard on the linebacker position. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's ironic that, you know, when you think of special teams, the first thing that pops into your head is linebacker position. So yeah. it is um, something that coincides with all of this. Um, it is an interesting move to take... You know, a, a play from the USFL, he's, you know, 
shown his worth somewhat in a lesser division. Um, he got their team or helped their team to get to the playoffs. But what's your take on the Christian Sam addition um, also on top of this? Yeah, I think that has a chance to be a little bit more so of a, a camp body. And, and, yeah. and maybe maybe a little more than that. I want to give him some credit. I mean, he played well with the, yeah. the New Orleans Breakers in that USFL yeah. Yeah. And, and helped them to a, a playoff run in the league. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he was like 17th, I think, in the league in tackles last year and had like eight wow. tackles for loss. I mean, he played really well uh, after bouncing around a little bit in his own right. But – I like the thought process of getting those linebackers. You mentioned special teams units. I've talked with, with McCarthy. I've talked with John Fossil about this before. They love tight ends and they love linebackers for their special teams units. They, they say yeah, you, can't yeah. have, you can't have too many six foot four, six foot three, 215, 225 pound guys on your football team because that's where your athleticism can be so much, so. Uh, so much utilized or so far utilized on special teams throughout the season that it's going to help you out in the long term in, in terms of rotations and defensive snaps and things like that along the way. So I think he's another guy that he's going to get some chances in the preseason. He will see playing time. Christian Samuel, uh, I think so. it's whether or not he takes advantage. Yeah, I think that's a t- that's a tougher one for me than than the yeah. Jefferson move. Uh, like you say, I mean, like, you know, he is a good tackler. And, I mean, he did throw up 28 reps on the bench, so it does show his power. He's got some um, strong, his strength, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's got some strength. Um, it's just the rest the of odd- it is whether he can, he can crack it, like you say. Go on, sorry, Lorne. The, the odds are stacked against him. I mean, one of the problems way back in the 90s when we had NFL Europe, World League and all that is... Oh, don't, playing- don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. No, no, but <laughs> play, play, playing, summer, playing summer ball... Guys yeah, like yeah. Dwan Hawthorne, um, you know, uh, James Whalen, who were allocated by the Cowboys, mm. when they came back after playing 10, 10 games, having a training camp uh, for NFL Europe, playing 10 games, you know, your your body's gone through that you normally would pick up yep. during a, a regular NFL season. you got two, three weeks to recover, and then you go into a full training camp and... Mm. Your body's not your body's not recovered, so it it's already worn down. Okay, you're you're going in maybe as a third or fourth string. You're you're trying to prove yourself, but you know you can't take any days off when you're a third or fourth string. You've got to try mm. and do whatever it is to get on that field, whether it's special teams, it's excelling in the the little playing time that you have. So yeah. um, this is the, this is the problem with having these summer leagues. I think in some respects it. Yes, it showcases your talent, but you know you're behind the eight ball when you actually get signed to an NFL roster and get moved up. It's funny that you kind of mention that, Lauren. Like, I mean, I had the opportunity to talk to Dawson Deaton before he got drafted. Um, who got drafted at the Cleveland Browns, yeah. and he was talking uh, Texas about Texas Tech, wasn't he? Yeah, Texas Tech yeah, center, yeah, yeah. Uh, offensive lineman. Yeah, uh, really nice guy, really humble and stuff, and literally lives down the road from the Star in Frisco, so yep. he's literally yeah. a local boy, and um. He, he was kind of talking about like how off-season programs are kind of like they're trying to replicate like pretty much game scenarios and everything, not just technique and all that. And get to what likes a uh, like all those staff. I don't. He's not working with Duke Merriweather, but he's working with other offensive linemen staff. It's more mm. within in Dallas right now. But he's, he was kind of going into depth in terms of like how things have just like from 
the step up between college to an off-season program going into the leagues and stuff like that, it really kind of prepares you up. So it shows you, like, I know you're talking like the summer camp stuff like that. It was like you're going from one league to the other and that, whereas here for his transition, it's like they're trying to, like, really amplify the intensity before going into the league, and, and rightly so. So it's it just, it just shows you, like, preparation is everything now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, apart from that, Cam is a couple of weeks away. Um, I and <laughs> it, it, we noticed Dallas Cowboy said they sent a, uh, a tweet out, um, and they said, If you see this, it means we're at Oxnard. So I sent one back with a cocktail glass saying, Yeah, send us one of these while you're at it because uh, <laughs> we don't get we don't get that California or Dallas sunshine over here. Although the weather oh, has been nice, I need to get myself a, like a wee cocktail machine so I can make myself some cowboy beers. That's what I need to do. There you go. Yeah, you need the cowboy. <laughs> I can you know, use cowboy you know. Have you, have you seen how hot it is in Texas recently? Have yeah, you I've seen the temperature. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm, supposed I'm, to get worse right before we leave for Oxnard. There's like a there's a, a forecast out there that it would hit like one fourteen or one fifteen. Wow. Like. It, like right before we leave for Oxnard, but yeah, it's, and high yeah. humidity as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah, we don't get standard. away from the humidity either. So yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty rough right now. Some though, people, yeah, it's only ninety degrees right oh, this there second. You go. <laughs> only ninety. It's beautiful day. I can go out. I can maybe put a light jacket on. It'll be nice. Light jacket and ninety degrees. Are you kidding? That's right. <laughs> yeah. That it, yeah, that's that was a stretch. It was a joke because everything else has been one hundred and five so far. Yeah. Here's our next like week: 100, 102, 102, 102, 102, 104, 102, 104, 104, 104, and then one hundred and six. I, yeah, so. I love the heat too. This is different, though. I'm telling you right now, this is this is yeah. crazy. It's, well, it's always oh, we'll, fun. We'll swap, swap places with Kyle. You know, quite. Happy. Oh, I have. I'll do it hard, but I'll tell you something. The worst thing that I've ever done in the heat is going to the Turkish Riviera, and that was like 120, and I was wearing a full-on Scottish kilt for a wedding. Yeah. Ooh, that ooh. did not last long. The, the, no. the kilt did not last more than 15 mm-hmm. minutes. I tell mm-hmm. you that. Yeah. <laughs> I always like coming to to like going to Dallas like winter there you know in the winter time and everyone's yep. wearing bobble hats and jackets and we're on shorts and t-shirt we're like are you yep. joking this is our summer in the UK this is great what are you talking about and I'm like over here <laughs> freezing I've got like gloves Kyle hands down hands down <laughs> when I'm over in December I'm over for the Colts and Texans game and hands down I'll probably be walking about in shorts mm-hmm. and everyone's going to be wearing winter jackets and everyone's going to yep, look at me it's I'll like a, yeah. what the hell yeah. <laughs> why are you why are you putting on. sun cream on yeah exactly like, I, 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 the sunscreen, you name it yeah yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. putting like the, the the stick on your face on the cheeks and people are like what yep. and you're like no this is summer in the uk this is a nice day <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's get into it then right let's talk about the safety position and get through these players um i want to start first of all with what I would like to call, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be the most improved player. I think <laughs> you're probably yeah, right. An, I don't want to try that one. <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah, nasty. We'll go with the guy first of all on the list. I think that we we'd all have to call 
surprise player of the year, which is Jaron Curse, 28 years old. He was taken in the seventh round of the 2016 draft from Clemson to the Vikings, bounced over to the Lions, came to the Cowboys last year. He'd done so well that the Cowboys have given him a two million, uh, a two million, two year, $10 million deal, which is basically that deal is more than his entire career earnings. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he's 3.7 on the cap this year, but I think I don't know what you guys think, but I certainly do. I think he's worth every penny. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, uh, he 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 actually took on the role that we brought Keanu Neal in for the, <laughs> the sort of hybrid safety linebacker. Um, you know, he actually limited the amount of snaps that Keanu Neal was playing because of the play that he was making, and Keanu Neal wasn't doing the same uh, in his limited opportunities so mm -hmm. you know yeah he's made the most of it and again it's it's about finding that scheme that fits you so um mm -hmm. credit to dan quinn and joe Whit for for bringing them up yeah i put out a tweet yesterday just asking who and i was curious about the answer myself because i don't really have one that sticks out but i asked who is the most underrated player on the Cowboys roster going into training camp. And he was probably the most popular answer. It was all over mm. the place. I got a lot of Demarcus Lawrence, Anthony Brown, mm. Jordan Lewis. And most of the time it was the defensive side of the ball. Some Zeke people think that Zeke's been underrated, which if he's healthy, I kind of agree in that regard. Yeah, too. definitely. But I would, I would put Jamer and curse up at the top of that list last year. And when we talked about it earlier in the show here, I mean, you, you thought he was a roster filler. You thought he was a camp guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And he came in and not only did he he earn a starting job, but then he started playing well during that starting job. Yeah. And then once he started playing well with that starting job, they put him in the they put the green dot on his helmet and he started coordinating the defense. I mean, having a guy who came out of nowhere to play better when he had the green dot on his helmet and allowed the rest of the defense to flow freely. It, yeah. it, it was extremely valuable i think for dan quinn in his first season as the defensive coordinator and it only could get better from there i think he's going to have a phenomenal season had the yeah. most tackles by a safety since barry church in 2014 he's got a chance mm -hmm. to up that i think he had 92 tackles uh he could absolutely up that and if he does like i said earlier in the show there's no reason he shouldn't be in the pro bowl conversation i mean there's there's been a longing for a safety in this organization <laughs> <laughs> it has been so long that he that they have not had a safety that's a legitimate contributor and not only did they find it in the most unlikely sort of ways but even on the two two year 10 million dollar contract he's relatively cheap compared to some yeah. of the other top safeties in the nfl that's not a high number for the safety market which luckily that he only uh, had the one year to go off of or else he might have had yeah. more leverage against the cowboys as well but now he's here for the next two seasons. He could really grow with this defensive scheme, and they allow him to really utilize his strengths the mo the majority of the time and make him a better player as well. And, and it is kind of ironic as well that, you know, you're talking about the tackles, something that has gone unnoticed as well, which I think is a huge um, notch in his belt, is look at his missed tackle rate. He's got four yeah. missed tackles on the year with a missed tackle Very rate well. of 39 yeah, I mean, like a three point nine percent missed tackle rate is just like, I like how how is that possible? Yeah. And then when you look at his snap count, he's very rarely used. It's like hardly any snaps as a free safety. You know, the overhang um, yep. or the bracket safety. 
the majority of it is literally in the box or at the line. So he's there in the thick of it all, doing doing the hard work, and he's missing hardly any tackles. I, I think that's the biggest part of his game that people don't really talk that much about. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's one, part of the reason why Malik Hooker was an exciting signing for me this offseason is the yes. fact that yeah. last year you were trying to find a role for Curse initially. I mean, the first six mm -hmm. games of the year, he was playing in the box, but he would also back up a little bit. You kind of didn't necessarily know where he fit best, but then he kind of blow, blew up and found a rhythm. Same thing with Malik Hooker. Once they establish Curse as that strong safety, the guy that they can bring down into the box, he's more of a punisher, a tackler, a guy who doesn't yeah. miss tackle like you mentioned. Malik Hooker could play freely over the top as your center field safety, and that's where he saw the majority of his snaps along the way uh, toward the back half of the season. I think that's a huge proponent to this defense oh, yeah. heading into training camp where they know their roles, they know – what to do from a, a fundamental standpoint, they're going to have those guys pairing back and forth. I think the fact that both of them are back and both of them are healthy this season, because mm. remember, Lee Cooker was not healthy last year nope. going into nope. training yep. camp. They have a fully healthy offense. Exactly, yeah, for the first yeah. game, and then he finally came on for that Chargers game. Mm. The, the fact that both of them are fully healthy and together and already know mm. their roles established and have those established from last season, I think it's going to play Dan very Quinn. quickly into the hand of Dan Quinn. Yeah, and I mean, that's a nice segue to move on to Malik Hooker because, I mean, this is a first-round pick from 2017 yeah. from the Buckeyes as well. Um, and and this is another guy on a two-year deal. He's 2.6 mil on the cap this year, which, yep. again, like you said, it, it's hardly anything for a safety. And... When you look at it, Malik Hooker, as you say, was injured last year. And, you know, really for the Colts, I, I kind of feel for him a bit because he had just ongoing injuries, always yep. Achilles or, or, or ankle injuries. So always put him out. But as we were uh, looking back through it, this is one of the, the very few seasons since he's been drafted where he's coming now into the season healthy. And I think that's a big thing, like you say, that he's, he's going to be able to have a full camp, full working with the safeties, uh, the safety group and the, the, the coordinators and everything. That's massive for him. And, you know, like as that and I made myself quite vocal on this, that I was like, oh, come on, make last year. I was like, get Malik, please get him, please get him. And then they oh, get you, him. you were very vocal. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, we, I think yeah. we all were. I think we oh, all yeah, were. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think yeah. we pretty much did that nearly a whole 45 minute segment of why we should <laughs> sign Malik Cooker. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. so. uh, he's just like that perfect, you know, that center fielder. And I know we got an interception in the game and it was kind of a bit of a gimme, but. That's kind of an example, really, of where Malik Hooker lies, just as that, that center fielder type safety. And I like yeah. him. I think he's got a lot to give. I've got a bit of a comment and a, and a, a wee question in the comments here. So DG Dogs just asked, what odds would you give Marquise Bell ah, to make the team? Yes. Because this was Ooh. one of the guys that always seemed to pop up in a lot of fantasy drafts and stuff yeah. like that. And late in the round. Like, and, and I was really happy with the fact we managed to get him undrafted. So um yep. it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this, Kyle. I I, like I really like Marquise Bell to mm. a certain extent because of his playmaking ability. His straight line mm -hmm. speed is phenomenal. I mean, you saw that throughout the draft process. You saw it in OTAs and then, of course, minicamp as well where he had – Probably the play of the week, and they had the uh, 
the the pick six. I, I really do like his his story. I like his work ethic. He comes out of Florida A and M as a guy. Yeah, I actually wrote or read that article for from Mike. It is a, a solid article. But I think thank the, you very much. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, <laughs> I I like Marquise Bell to be a back end guy on special teams at first. You also look ahead of him. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Donovan Wilson yet when talking yeah. about the safety position. And you remember two years ago, I mean, 2020, on the back half of the season, he was the biggest playmaker on that. <laughs> yeah, well, he was. The yeah. one that made all these turnovers, forced these turnovers, yeah. was actually the one lighting up def- or offenses toward the back half of the season. He went yeah. relatively quiet last year. He's back again. He'll be in the rotation fully healthy this offseason as well. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's going to be tough for him. I also really like the improvement I've seen from Tyler Coyle as well, second-year undrafted free agent out of okay. Purdue. I really like the way that he's developed and he's kind of fallen into a bit of a role as well. There are some good young safeties that I say make the team on on special teams especially, and I think it's going to be a competition between Coyle and Bell and whoever loses that battle I'm gonna. I, I'd be shocked if they stuck around because I think they would be highly sought after on an open market for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I mean that that covers those two quite nicely. I mean, what what is ironic with Marquis Bell is like I I never really understood when you watch the tape on him why he was at Florida A and M. Why yeah. not? And especially when you're in you know the Florida market over there, like mm-hmm. why was he not at, at, at a better school i don't know was he overlooked was it missed i never really uh, he that. was he was kind of a late bloomer in turn okay. he always had the speed but the size wasn't necessarily there and he finally bulked up and by the time he got to the point where he could play power five football yeah uh, i think he just elected to stay at florida and it was Makes a good sense. fit for him and i mean it yeah. worked out he's in the nfl it's not like he uh he uh, had done anything that hurt his stock one thing i will say about marquise bell that hasn't been talked about a ton He's very stiff. He doesn't move okay. side to side very well. Uh, mm-hmm. I, from a that's kind of what I was talking. His straight line speed is great when he can. Uh, yeah, yeah. speed. Yeah, exactly. He's fine, <laughs> but when he's really moving side to side, mm. he rounds it a little bit. He's a yeah, little, that, 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 a little slow. Which for a center field safety, yeah, is not, not as it, it, vital. It's very vital. Yeah. Exactly for a guy like Jaron Curse, if you're going to fill in the back half of his role. You can yeah. do that. I think he's going to be in the box. I think he's going to be a guy that would fill like the same role Jaron Curse does for the first team. I think Bell would be a guy who could do that on the second team until he gets his his lateral movement a little bit down. But I mean, for instance, I was watching. I know he's a friend of y'all y'all show as well. But Barry Church, I mentioned him a minute ago. We were watching yeah. practice together during OTAs, and I looked at I looked at Barry. And I was like, he looks stiff. He goes, all right, let me look at him and watch a watch a, a rep and he goes oh he's really stiff like i mean it was, <laughs> it was notable that a safety saying a safety is stiff like he didn't necessarily move as well as he possibly could have that might have been what hindered his draft stock his three cone his shuttle were not very good uh in the draft process yeah. as well i think that's what ultimately pushed him out of draftable position but the cowboys yeah. you saw what kind of money they gave to him uh from a contract yeah. standpoint they wanted him they were interested in him and it ultimately ended up here yeah, because he's on the three-year um, yeah. UDFA rookie deal. So, and it, yep. like you say, it's quite substantial. All of the um, money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Follow the money. Um, and I mean, yeah, Marky's Bell, because it is a funny one. I didn't, 
really think about the stiffness because if you're not gonna be if if you do have that and you're rounding off at the top then really you need to have like really high level instincts and iq and he's not really that either so uh now it kind of makes sense a bit more yeah he's a um, but, that's the, oh yeah that's the part about him he's a playmaker he'll he'll game out he'll be one of those guys he might be a fan favorite in the preseason too he's mm. gonna have a pick he'll have some big play <laughs> against yeah. the broncos in the first preseason game and everybody's gonna be like this is the next guy and then <laughs> then he'll get blown up like we, 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 we do that every, we do it every year don't everybody like, does yeah, it i do it too yeah. i'm on the sideline i'm like i love sean McCune. yeah i always i always said about him i said yeah i hot. always I knew it from the beginning and then he got hurt and i was like no <laughs> yeah yeah Boy, don't he, even make he, he does have he does have a Cowboys legend helping him as well because obviously he was um, I think he's the nephew of uh, Everson Walls his yep. roommate at college as well so um, I know Everson Walls has been talking about on the Mix Shots podcast has been talking about oh, how he's okay. taking him under his wing as well so yeah. there's maybe yeah, a little bit sure of off off field coaching going on there as well so. One of the coolest parts about, and I haven't said this on anything on air yet, so this is an exclusive for you guys. Um, I like it. I like it. So prior to the draft process, I got to meet all the 30 visit guys and do interviews for them throughout. And it just kind of got to like see them face to face. And it was a really cool thing set up by our scouting department. And he was one of the 30 visit guys. And and I got to uh, just have a conversation with him back and forth. And I was like, have you have you ever heard of Nate Newton? Because <laughs> Nate, of course, went to Florida at AM as well, and he's a good friend of ours. He's on yeah. our pregame shows, yeah. on our podcasts, and stuff like that. I love Nate. And I was like, he was like, Yeah, of course. Like, how could you go to Florida AM, go to FAMU and not hear of Nate Newton? Yeah. He's now uh, a, a member of the Black College Hall of Fame. And yep. Yep. Uh, yep. I was like, Oh, well, he's he's in the building quite a bit. And I, I called him like in the middle of the interview and gave him the phone and uh, and got to have the connection of, of Marquise Bell and, and, and Nate Newton on the phone back and forth. It was really cool. Good, uh, good moment. And, and Nate, of course, gave him some, some pep talk as he does for anybody. It was, it was a lot of fun. And if anyone can excite you, Nate Newton can. Oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but here's a, here's a question though. Um, while we were talking about Donovan Wilson, now, obviously he, he missed a chunk of the, the middle of the season with some injuries. Um, you know, his role is quite defined as well um, as the box safety. Now, yeah. he's in a contract year. Do you think he's done enough to solidify himself for a further contract going forward? Or is it literally all based on this year? He's on that seesaw at the moment. I, I think it's it's pretty up in the air for, for mm. Donovan Wilson. That's because... how I feel. Other teams might look at his value higher than the Cowboys do right now because of what he did in 2020. Because, yeah, I mean, he came out and had a fantastic look at, oh, yeah, the Aggie talk. Uh, <laughs> Rob Phillips isn't here. We're good to go. He's my, he's our, <laughs> our resident Aggie at the yeah, moment. I know. We're uh, banned from talking to each other. That's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the way – I think the way that 2020 ended kept or keeps him in the conversation of bringing him back, but he would need to replicate some of that success. If he has another quiet year and then curse and hooker and, and these guys come in and play significant yeah. uh, amounts of time and snap counts, and then they have the production and Donovan Wilson doesn't necessarily do it. 
they're going to have to save money somewhere. And, and that would be one of the places in, in which they would probably do it. So I, I think it's a big year for Dono to, to really find yeah. a, a role again on that defense. And remember, his success came with Mike Nolan. It didn't yeah. come with Dan Quinn. So That's maybe maybe that plays into the factor as well. And, and with a new staff, he's got to find a, a way for him to be successful in his own right. It's kind of so yeah. strange to actually put that sentence together, having that, and I know I, it's no success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, Mike Nolan. Yeah. Uh, the I fact know. that we yeah. haven't had four defensive coordinators in the last four years, though, is a mm -hmm. really big deal because it would have yeah. gone from Marinelli mm -hmm. to Nolan to Quinn to the new hire. You would have had four straight yep. defensive coordinator switches within four off seasons. In fact, you have like a little bit of continuity on the defensive yeah. side of the ball is something that is massive to be able to keep in mind going into this season, especially if Dan Quinn could do that with one season, if he could turn yeah. around a defense in oh, one season, imagine what he could do with a full off season full yeah. of healthy pieces that are all returning as well. I mean, not not just that Dan Quinn as well, but you, all credit to the other coaching staff as well. Your positional coaches, like you've got Adam Durdy, the defensive line coach, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Whereas previously before, like all the names that were under Mike Nolan was a bit more, well, I wouldn't say more star-studded, but you had like Jim Tolsula, who's now the head coach of Rain Fire in the yeah, German yeah, leagues yeah. now. He's now back in Germany now. Mm, um, yep. I mean, guy who used to be the 49 corners head coach so it's like you've got all these names but they just didn't materialize as we expected and we're, we're bringing in guys that dan quinn knows personally he's worked with before and yeah. and, and and it's all about keeping that keep the ball rolling getting that yeah. continued progression going and i think like like kyle said about continuity i think when it comes to continuity when defensive backs i think that matters most yeah, because the, yeah. the scheme's really important. I agree. Yeah, I agree completely. Because I mean, from a front seven standpoint, a lot of it is is plugging gaps and yeah. holes. But those holes are going to change every play, so it's a lot of reactionary. Whereas a coverage scheme, it's a lot of pre-planned and a lot of yeah. back and forth and give a and lot take. Of yeah, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that develops in the secondary as opposed to its its instant reaction yeah. in the yeah. front seven. So I, I would actually agree with you in, in that fact wholeheartedly. I think having that continuity on the back end, especially after it was the first year you feel comfortable with your corners too. I mean, I know y'all yeah. have talked yeah. about yeah. corners already throughout yeah, yeah. this positional series, but it's the last last year we were talking about we have to get a first-round corner. We got to fill a spot, and we got to find a way <laughs> to upgrade our secondary, and we didn't have safeties. But now you feel comfortable on both ends, and you have another offseason with your defensive coordinator. I, I really do feel confident about it. It, it just yeah. shows you yeah. when you've got the right coaches in at the right time, and they can just transform how – players can just like Agreed. take and in, take in information and become better players just overnight it's it's crazy yep yeah yeah and uh, i mean the next guy i mean we'll look at because we, we'll try and get this wrapped in an hour for you is israel mukuamu mm -hmm. um gamecock so he's from south carolina taken in the sixth round um obviously still on his rookie deal but he kind of spent some time last year as well um on injury yeah. um so we have really a zero sample size right now. He was, although he's, you know, posted as having games, he hasn't really done anything. Yeah. Uh, like, for me, I really want to see him succeed because I think that he does have some value to offer. But I just wonder with uh, uh, what's behind him and in front of him, he seems to be this guy that's just like, 
not the forgotten man, mm-hmm. but like, where do you fit? If if we keep you, where do you fit? It's just it's so difficult. I'm he's the one guy that if you were to give me say what's who's on your final fifty three, once I get to play number fifty three, he's the guy I'm looking at thinking, yeah, what do I what do I do here? It's so tricky. What what do you think, Kyle? Do you think? Yeah. He's- you bring up a great point because, I mean, we're sitting here talking about the excitement of Marquise Bell and Tyler Coyle, <laughs> and those yeah. were undrafted guys. And then you've yeah. got Israel Mukwamu, who's entering his second year, and he was a drafted guy. Six-round pick. Invested, but Yeah, still. six foot yeah. four, 205 pounds. He's got this mm-hmm. massive frame. Yeah. And he, he played a role on special teams, but he only had 20 defensive snaps. And yeah. 16 of those came in week fi- or week 18 against the Philadelphia Eagles when the entire – practice squad got on the field i mean it was, I mean, everybody got on the, i almost got a chance to get some reps and i was gonna say i think i've seen you on the start sheet yeah i had at least a helmet uh <laughs> set aside for me uh yeah I, that's the thing is is he has you talk about zero sample size it's absolutely zero sample size and i think it's a big year for a couple of these guys in the secondary that were drafted in 2021 and that's kelvin joseph it's yes. nason right at the cornerback spot yes real mcquamu those are three guys that aren't given anything, two of which were top 100 picks in the cornerback spots. Yeah. But then yeah. Israel McQuamu, I would throw into that category because he is a Dan Quinn guy. Well, if Dan Quinn can't use him, where do you use him? And, and yeah. so it's a big, big season for him to either find a way into the rotation or to really be as good of a special teams player as possible. The only yeah. problem with him, and it's been a criticism, I've been on top of it since he was at South Carolina. The guy doesn't want to hit. He doesn't want to contact. He's you can see it. Look at the preseason. Look at some of the, the special teams tackles he made. Yeah. He steps up and then he's on his back heel because he wants mm-hmm. to absorb the hit and not power through yeah. a hit. Well, and that's to roll the player over is how he sees yeah, his tackle style. That's got to be something. That's got to be a flip of the switch. That's got to change for him if he's going to be successful at the safety position. Maybe they move him back to corner. I don't see that because the cornerback room is pretty stacked full of guys too. <laughs> but the, making that switch, a positional switch from a, a six-round pick, you don't expect him to to do much in year one. He was inactive the majority of the time. But yeah. now as we get into year two, you have to find a way to get on the field, or else things are going to get really tough really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as as you say, during the OTAs last year, the training camp as well, there were positive reports from him. But then when you saw him, I think it was the Jacksonville game uh, preseason, and he he had the yeah. chance to make a legal hit that would have lit up the receiver. Yep. Yeah. But he sort of just stood up and let let the guy make the catch or something like that, and yeah. it just from I think he lost the confidence of the room at that point in time, because at, at that point in time, Curse hadn't established himself. You know, Curse was maybe, I think when we'd, when we'd signed Curse last year, we were saying, oh yeah, he's probably going to be special teams. He might not even make it off the roster. Curse yeah. got Curse mm-hmm. got the opportunity because McQuamu didn't do anything. And then, you know, he's ran, he's ran with it. McQuamu's sitting there languishing on the, in the in the background, he's got yeah. to change his attitude this year. Otherwise, he's he's probably not going to last on the roster. Um, I mean, obviously, the Cowboys have kept all the draft picks the last couple of years, but yeah. I mean, at some point, you got to get some sort of return for it. And if you're not getting it from a guy like that, then um, it's time to move on. 
that's that's a great okay. point because yeah. and, and I saw this comment. I like this comment. <laughs> I like that. Too. I love that. The 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 thing with you you bring up a fantastic point about how that was before Jaron Curse was even known to be a solidified guy at the safety position. That was a yeah. it was an open door for Israel Mukwamu to say, Here I am, world. You move me to safety, I can make me find some some snaps throughout the season. And he didn't take it. And, and now that that when it's the door is closed, the yeah. window is shutting too. And you got to find a way to open both <laughs> those back up if you're going to walk right through and make it make it easy on yourself uh, as a safety in the NFL. Yeah, I'm, 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 I, I feel as well with with Mukwamu. What scares me is that I think that if he he doesn't crack it with the Cowboys and they decide to release him, you just wonder where does he go from there. Yeah. Because I, I just don't know how he would fit in other teams' rosters. Yeah, it, it would probably. I would see them moving him back to corner. If if, if on another not a team, lot of teams are going to utilize yeah. six foot four, two hundred five pounds safeties that can't necessarily yeah. hit. I mean, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a fact of the matter. They're probably not going to use those guys to the the highest of their ceilings, but they could move them to corner, and he might be a serviceable corner. But I, I don't think I don't think they want to give up on him. That's the thing. I I mm. think they want him to hit. They want him to utilize that frame and that skill set that he brings from the SEC. And and now that he's in the year two and he's had a year to grow, this is a big yeah. time for him to step up and to take the reins and 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 really show that he belongs on the backside of that defense. Because if he doesn't do it this year, it's going to be really really tough for him in the future. Yeah, and there's a good point you made is perhaps that's where it's come from is because he's a safety from the SEC. He just hasn't been taught the the finer parts of tackling, maybe, you know? Yeah. Because that's he didn't have to game. he didn't have to tackle as a corner in the SEC. Exactly. He didn't have exactly. to. That's what I mean. Yeah. He was playing on the edge. You you're playing yeah. coverage, you're batting down balls. Yeah, you might have to make a shoestring mm. tackle, but you don't have to go head up on a guy. Corners don't yeah. have to do that unless they're blitzing off the edge. And he didn't do a ton of that during his time at South Carolina either. He's got to be able to do that on a consistent basis, not just once yeah. or twice. He's got to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I know we, 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 we'll run up your time here, but we'll just talk about the last guy, the Georgia Tech safety, Thomas. I said Georgia Tech, not Virginia Tech, Paul, before you get excited. Um, <laughs> he, he likes the Virginia Tech entrance with Metallica. That's all. Right. Oh, I, of course. It can't be a little bit of Metallica. Yeah, it is a strong entrance, I will say that. Um, now, he did take some snaps last year as well. Um, again, sample size is fairly small. Um, but again, I, I, this is another guy, I think perhaps practice squad, especially the yeah. way the practice squad is increasing this year and that they can bring the plays in and out, you know, because it's changed slightly from the COVID rules. So I think that's a guy that might try and stash. I don't know what you think, Kyle. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably right there with you. I think he may be one of those guys that kind of helps fill out the roster. I still think that he there's a little bit of a distance there between guys like uh, yeah. like Marquise Bell and Tyler Definitely. Boyle that are kind of in that same that same uh, realm of guys at the safety position. But I, I, I never want to count a guy out, especially after last yeah. year. We learned our lesson with Jamin Curse. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, is this guy even going to make the roster? Now I'm like, oh, maybe he's a pro bowler if he does again what he did last year, this year. Like, so uh, I don't necessarily want to want to really blow it up if if uh, if I can help it. But yeah, I, I'm kind of right there with you initially. Yeah, um, I don't know what you your guys take Paul Lorne on Marquis Bell 
Tyler Coyle or, or Thomas even, um, these three undrafted free agents, any of them making the roster, practice squad guys? I think Bell, if he can improve on his lateral speed, mm. yeah, for sure. I mean, whether he'll be there for special teams, I think he's got a different good shot for making the special teams, but um, if anything, then it will probably make the practice squad for a development because he's been given that longer term deal. You, you, you kind of, it's kind of more like set in stone because if he's given that an amount of contract, then obviously the Cowboys have invested in him to kind of say, okay, if he doesn't make the team, we'll put him practice squad, give him that year to develop with the team and see how we go for next, the following season. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's, that's how I kind of think with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think at very least he's going to be practice squad and he's a protected practice squad. I mean, you don't you don't give fifty grand signing bonus and two hundred thousand guaranteed money um, if you're not thinking that you're going to keep him on the practice squad. Around. That's yep. you know you're going to keep him around. Um, it all depends on whether he continues to make plays not only in training camp but also on the field during the pre the three preseason games, and he'll get plenty of time during these three preseason games as well. So, if he can if he can make the plays there and show that he's not just I mean how many how many guys do Kyle's reports, Dave Hellman's reports always say training camp. You know these guys made great great interceptions today and all that and then you go to yeah. this regular season and th- they don't step up or you know it doesn't translate onto you know when the whistle goes for the full 60 minutes so yeah. if these guys can actually translate that onto the field in game situations then great they're in but it, they've got to show it they've, they've not got to rest on their laurels and rely on the fact that they've got this money yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I've got um, a, I've got one question to ask for everybody here, like, and it's not to do with the safeties. But what would you say? <laughs> what would you say is going to be the most interesting player acquisition you're going to be most focused on? Well, not focused on. If it's going to be causing a lot of a, a lot of commotion during training camp. Hmm. I think so, kick. Kicker's probably the big one for me at the moment. Kicker, yeah. yeah, if we even um, get to see the kickers, that's the problem. We didn't even get the chance to see anybody kick until like the last practice. It was like, all right, we'll throw you guys a bone. Here's Zerline and coming off of a surgery. Like, have fun, guys. But yeah, that's a good one. Um, I was thinking offensively, James Washington. I think James Washington James Washington is a very underrated addition this season. He's a guy who was a Blitnikoff award winner at Oklahoma State. Mm. I mean, he wasn't just a finalist. He was an award winner in 2017. They drafted him high. They 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 put him up with a, a healthy roster in 2019. He had nearly 800 yards receiving. That's what he needs. He needs something like that. He doesn't need to have 1,500 yards. He needs to yeah. have – 600, 700 yards, and I think he could really add to that wide receiver room. And then defensively, I am super excited, mainly because I think he could go very much so one way or the other to watch Dante Fowler. <laughs> oh. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I like this. Dante Fowler. He could be really entertaining and really yeah. good. And it's like, oh my gosh, like this could be something to watch for or he could completely go the opposite direction yeah and it's like oh maybe maybe this was a bad idea so i, I think Fowler you're gonna get 
I think I think James Washington's going to stay right here. There's going to be a, a a low ceiling but a high floor. Whereas yeah. Dante Fowler Jr. is going to be as spread out <laughs> as possible. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, the, yeah. the one, the, the two guys I'm quite interested in watching is Matt Valitsko. But how yeah. we're going to, how are we going to utilize him in the offensive line? Is okay. he going to be that swing tackle? How does mm-hmm. he fit in with, uh, in rotation and stuff like that? But also, this is going to be my, my, one of my favorite picks from this year's draft is Big Jr. John Ridgeway. How <laughs> is, is he going to be? Will he take over Bahana's role? Exactly. That's what as the one tick. That's what I'm very interested to see. Mm. I I had John Ridgeway graded better than I had Bohanna graded coming out of school. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Bohanna didn't really do anything last year that was super impressive, but it's also not a very high flashy position group anyways yeah. it's not like he's gonna yeah. have he's there, there to absorb as, as many laymen yeah uh, that's the main job yeah I'm, I'm i'm interested in in to see what john ridgeway i'm also interested to see what he says i just want to hear yeah. his quote yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. what i'm excited yeah. about yes especially after hearing the, the reports of him and josh ball going at yeah. it during, during that. Yeah. Was it was it otas yeah. or was it minicamp yeah that was yeah, that okay. was rookie yeah. minicamp wasn't it it yeah. was outside yeah I, yeah it was I, it was days, outside. I, it was definitely outside because i remember yeah. ridgeway walking past us to go back mm. i'm trying to remember if that was otas or if it was rookie minicamp i don't remember or was it minicamp one of the two I, I just love, love I, I just literally love that because he's already sh- like not literally not even a week within the door and he's already shown the yeah. tenacity and aggression. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather, him, I'd rather him was, stay on the field and not walk to the locker room like yeah, in the middle yeah. of practice. Yeah. But I do like yeah. the I like the intensity. I love the, yeah. the effort. Yeah. I think I, I think I, it was OTAs because it was it was um the day that you were doing yeah. all the media, it was the day you were doing all the media things because Shannon had talked about how Shannon was shepherding one of them, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah whenever standing right. there, and uh, so John Ridgeway right. came in or whatever, and it was all, yep. all yeah, he was like setting up a camera to do a shoot, and like Ridgeway just walked past, and he was like, "That's that's weird. I guess practice is ending." And he like walked <laughs> out, and they were like still in the middle of drills. So yeah, that was you're right. It was OTAs. And I, I, yeah. another one as well, I think you, you've got to think about with mini uh, mini camp with camp. I want to see because like we've talked about the the offensive line position, and I've always said that once the season starts, forget about the development of offensive linemen. For me, offensive linemen, the big development time is the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're at right now, because you know that's when they're doing the most work to try. You're going to you, say Terrence Steele, aren't you? No, Isaac Alicon. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want okay. to see how far he's come along. I want to see yeah. where he's at because he could be in the outside guy, and it's that feel-good story. He, he, can be, he, he can be that left guard if he if if all things fall into place. He could. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then the only other guy for me, about well, this every guy, but, but, but we know, but we know, we, but we know Tyler Smith's trying to play guard for now. Yeah, yeah. Until yeah. Tyron, to say maybe like he's like I'm not. Touch wood, it doesn't go injured. Yeah, move, yeah, move, yeah. move Tyler yeah. out to left tackle. So that's and I, we, we kind of know, we, we know what's going to happen if Tyron's not going to be there. So I yeah. know this is your guy as well, Paul, right? But I'm telling you, the really important year for this guy is Neville Gallimore. 
this yeah. is his third year. Yeah. He's developed quite a lot, mind. When you look at him, he's looking, he's looking. Him and Usa him and Usa look phenomenal like, shape. Yeah, Oof. yeah. Oof. Two very different players in what they do, but I yeah. think Neville Gallimore, he's in that third year now. We need to yeah. see what he can do. He was injured, you know, with that hyperextension injury on his elbow. So we, he, it's quite an important season for him. Very important camp. I would say um, this. I would say that for the majority of the uh, for the defensive line uh, too. I mean, true. You've, I suppose, you've, invested, yeah, yeah. you've invested top one hundred picks in mm. multiple drafts over the last three or four years on your defensive line. Yeah, this is where it starts trying to pull off. It, like, how much is Osa Digizua going to do in year two? How much is mm. Tristan Hill going to show? This is his Tristan contract. Hill is a big one. Yeah, huge one. His contract year for a second round pick. I mean, Neville Gallimore. Mm. I agree. There was a lot of excitement that he would be a guy that could be a starter instantly. Carlos Watkins had a career year last year as a that veteran. Was a great season for him. Sure, you're missing Randy Gregory. But everyone else is back, and you you feel a lot better about the interior of your defensive line. I think we're going to be really excited about what we see in training camp. We're going to be very scared of the offensive line. I'm going to tell you that right now. We're going to be scared because that's already a question mark is that offensive line. I think the defensive line is going to look really good, though. I think we'll definitely see how far the O-line is going to do during the the Chargers uh, scrimmage. I think that's especially, especially with their defensive front. Uh, their front seven, how we're going to cope with yep. what they're bringing to the table. So it'll be very interesting to see that. And having, a, and having a quarterback like Herbert running around. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That will be the, the dress rehearsal game because it's the second yeah. week uh, of the preseason. That's so funny yeah, you say that. I was, gonna a dress ask, rehearsal. I was going to ask you in, in like a three game preseason because we did have Mickey Spagnola on last week. And I, mm-hmm. I was like, because obviously last year we had the Hall of Fame game, so we had four preseason four games. games. Yeah, yeah. So you know where it's going, but obviously with the three game, would you use the second game then? Yeah, as you draft for Yeah, know. I would probably use the second game. You could use the third game because there's an extra week there. Before yeah, I know. The, the opener. So you mm. could use that if you really wanted to, but I expect them to use the second game, especially okay. like you said of of having that front seven against you, and maybe as a a, a bit of a, I don't know, maybe maybe they don't want to go against that, that front seven. Maybe maybe they want to rather, or maybe they would rather go against Seattle at home and do it that <laughs> way instead of having Khalil Mack and, and Bosa breathing down your neck. So maybe that's what yeah. they do. But I I think it'll be the second preseason game, but it'll be interesting to see. All right. Yeah, I think I think a couple of points. The offensive line, it's been good. Uh, if you follow Duke Manyweather on Instagram and uh, yeah. Twitter, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. amount of work that you're 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 seeing Tyler Biadish, Terrence Steele, they're all putting in the work. So they're not away on holiday or anything like that at the moment. They're putting the work in. So hopefully, you know, they're coming into camp ready to 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 excel and actually make the most of their time. Uh, the other thing as well, Gallimore is learning as well. You see that he obviously took a page out of Kyle's how to propose um, <laughs> a notebook as well because he had the, the whole letters, the, the rows on the ground and everything. So, you know. Oh, no. Gallimore is watching film. No. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But um, is there any more questions for Kyle? Because uh, we're running up his time, yeah? Um, just a wee brief one. Uh, just a, it's more of an overall question from Joe from Italy. Um, big shout to Joe. Uh, what do you think of the linebackers? Just uh, more of a general question more about it. 
Yeah, so we kind of addressed this at the early parts of the show, so be sure whenever this is posted, go back and watch the early parts, Joe. But uh, I think it's very thin from a depth standpoint. I think definitely you, you have Michael Parsons, you have Leighton Vander Esch. You feel pretty confident about those two, especially this is the first healthy, fully healthy offseason Leighton's had after having yeah, seven. Yeah, that's years. true. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to add on top of that because say yeah. we were talking about players that were uh, maybe underrated last year, mm-hmm. and I thought LVE in the later part of the season was starting to find his feet again like when we first drafted yep. him so he's gonna make a pro bowl yeah he might so? oh he, okay that would be that would be i like that I like, I like that i like that bit i like that i think i think layton's looked great i mean from yeah. where i've seen him in otas we only got one mini camp practice but in the ota practices he was always in the right place at the right time he was stepping up mm-hmm. he was he was plugging holes he was disruptive all the way through. The only problem is, is they didn't have pads on. So it's a little bit yeah. different when you get the pads on, you go back into the game. Especially for linebackers. Exactly. I thought he was great last year as well. And, and I think he could be even better this year. Uh, but I, I would say for sure, depth wise, it's a bit of a concern just because they added, of course, Malik Jefferson today. They've, they've made some moves. I don't think they're done there yet. I think yeah. they will go and add yeah. somebody at some point. Remember Malik Hooker, was added two days in the training camp last year. <laughs> you can do that again this year with a linebacker instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, that's the only thing I'm really worried about. I like the growth of, of Jabril Cox. I like the future of the linebacker spot. You're not going to see a Damone Clark this year, but you'll that's see a Ron Bland. You'll yeah. see a uh, – or Bland's a, a cornerback. I'm thinking of uh, Oklahoma State, Devin Harper. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like he, he will probably see some playing time through the preseason as well. Story uh-huh, Jackson – undrafted free agent Aaron Hansford in there as well. They've got some good youth there, but whether or not that's going to be sizable, a sizable contribution from those guys is still yet to be seen. So until that point, I still think you need to get another veteran in that room and and solidify it as much as possible outside of maybe Malik Jefferson. Uh, And Jabril Cox, he's looking good, I assume. Yeah, he's he's working way his way back. He didn't get into practices. He was still working on the bands, but he okay. should be good to go. Should be is what we've been told <laughs> to by, by training camp. So yeah. uh, hopefully he's there and he's ready to roll for mm-hmm. Oxnard because I'm I am I'm excited about Jabril Cox as well. I think he could yeah. be a great contributor. Yeah, I'm and because sure. I know a lot of people, they always talk about ACL injuries, and for me, I think with the way medical has moved, you know, like the 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 technology and everything the understanding of acl tears they're not what they used to be you know like no. when we talk about acl tears 10 years ago you'd be like, yeah. oh, that's the career over then yeah exactly it, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a uh, a good sign now it's just another injury which is just <laughs> all the the medical personnel for sure yeah and it's not even a year <sighs> long anymore but um we will tie things on a bow with you there um, we'll let you go, Carl, because I know uh, you want to get out into the sunshine in that yeah. 104 degree sunshine. It's 90 degrees today. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm going to go put on a jacket. I'm going to walk outside in a hoodie. Right. Let, yeah, let, me just, yeah. let me just check the temperature what it is here in Scotland right now. <laughs> 16, yeah. I don't well, know what that is. No, I don't no, know no, what that no, is no, in no, American no, heat. It's in, in American 58. 58. Celsius. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, 58 right now. That's and that's warm. That's warm yeah. for us. Yeah, we got the fans yeah. on, yeah. So when I yeah. get to Scotland, because I want to go to Scotland one day for sure, that basically everything's going to be cool, perfect weather, everything great. No. I, I heard you guys like drinks up there too, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, who told you that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Told me. 
They like yeah. the rain oh, as yeah. well up there. They like the rain. <laughs> in oh. Yeah. Um, they actually have the wet Kyle, season. So we'll, t- we'll see you right. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't, don't you, you, you wouldn't have to worry about paying pay for a drink. That's for sure. If you're hanging about with us, yeah. hey, well, we're, we're coming over there. We're coming over there in force next year. So look out for that. Yeah, we got go. it all yeah, set up. Sure. We got a package set up. But uh, yes, we'll let you go, mate. Um, but thank you very much for joining us on the season three finale. We'll try and get you in at some point, or if even if we can't get you in. Um, before the season starts, we'll try and get, uh, and I'll, I'm, it's one of my plans is to try and get everyone's 53 man roster predictions. Mm, and okay. uh, we'll see who is the closest. I got a feeling you will be because you're always on the ball with that guy. <laughs> I, I so last year I got fifty two of fifty three yeah, right, and I it was know, the first time. Remember. It was my first time trying to actually yeah. guess it. So yeah. I felt I felt pretty good. I think I missed one. It was like a I can't remember who it was. It was like a D lineman or something. So I, I, hey, I'm, I've got a good track record so far. We'll see if I can <laughs> see if I can replicate it a yeah. little. Yeah, Brad, we'll try and get yours. Don't suppose it was Bradley and I, was it? Oh, it might have been. Mm. Yeah. But, I, think, I think a lot of us had Bradley and I still mating at the roster at that time. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. it, tiny arms, Bradley. But um, uh, yes, we, we'll uh, we'll leave you with that. But thank you very much for joining us, Kyle. Yeah. And we'll speak to you again in uh, when season four starts, which is next week. So maybe awesome. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Appreciate yeah. you as always. And I'll talk to you, you soon. Much. Yeah, thank you very much, See, sir. Have a good one. Good. See ya. Cheers. <laughs> and Legend. there we go. There we go. Yes. The legend that is. So here we are, guys. Next week it is season four, episode one. Um, yep. so, we're into training competition. Yeah, we're gonna take the shiny wrap wrapper off everything. Yep. So new background, new graphics, everything. Um, the load. Well, we, 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 we'll you'll kinda, see. Yeah. Well, we see, but we're also it's no longer gonna be UK DC TV. It's just gonna be the UK Cowboys fans TV. We're going back to the, the original basics. Keep it all, all about the fans. So, Straight and that's what it's all about. Yep. So, not to try and segregate it from the actual fan group. We're just keeping it all as one, and that's what it's all about. That's right, baby. And uh, while we're at it, make sure you go and follow all these dudes and dudesses. There's plenty of people to go and follow. Um, they're all our friends who join us on the show and talk to us, which, by the way, we need to thank. We need to thank all of these people. There's people from all of these shows that have been on during season three. Um, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, do the read for me, someone. Yeah, guys, if you're planning on to uh, Dallas Cowboys game this year, be sure to go check out cowboysexperience.com for meet and greet, tailgating, game day packages, and much, much more. We get to meet players like Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, Michael Gallup, Micah Parsons, and many, many more. And don't forget, Hall of Famer Drew Pearson will be there in show. Guys, the guys at Cowboys Experience will treat you like absolute royalty. And for you to get an exclusive package, be sure to use the discount code UK Cowboys Cruise. Guys, what do you get when you use the package? You get free stuff. <laughs> don't be a clown. Use the code. Yes. And then finally, thank you to everyone in season three that has joined us. We've done more episodes, 75 episodes in season three. Um, The most we've done in any season. And we'd love to thank all of you. It it has, in fact, been over three and a half million minutes of downloaded time on the podcast. Man. 
Those people are amazing. <laughs> Listening to us over there, you I, we say it every week, and it's true. You are our MVPs. If you weren't joining us and interacting and inviting us into your homes, it's just a, a bunch of crazy British people talking about an American sport and sometimes getting drunk doing it. Yeah, and, and I'm surprised that it, our American viewers, you get you guys can understand this. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, hey. But, 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 but hey. Kudos to everyone. Thank you yeah. for everyone to swing by and check us out. Uh, we're growing every day, and we hope to have you keep growing with us, grow the channel, and yeah. be, part, be, be part of our fan group. And to thank you, we'll even try and do, I think, in Season 4, we'll do some giveaways. Uh, yeah, we, 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 need, we, need, we need to do some more competitions. Absolutely. We'll do that. We'll throw yeah. something free yeah. stuff in that we hear. And it doesn't matter if you're watching from Italy, Mexico, America. Yeah, we'll ship it out. Everyone. Yeah, we'll, we'll ship, ship it out. out for you guys. So there you go, Joe. You mate, you're 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 in you're in for the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so make sure to join us next week, season four, episode one, episode two hundred and six. Yes, that's right, baby. Um, so I'm gonna let these guys sign out, and we'll see you all next week. Have a great weekend, folks. Have a great weekend, everyone. Go Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, have a great week, guys. I'm away on vacation for the next couple of weeks, but I'll be back and ready and ready to go. Lucky bugger. I know. Check <laughs> you out. On the all-inclusive, huh? <laughs> Have a great weekend, uh, everyone. Cheers. <laughs>